Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, February 19th, we look at Lesson 8, Jesus, the Mediator of the New Covenant. Together, let's explore the meaning behind the concepts of the Old and the New Covenants. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 8, and uh, very excited about this one as we were just talking about, Michael, Jesus, Mm -hmm. the mediator of the new covenant. And so our memory text comes from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as a covenant. He meditates it uh, is better since it is enacted on a, on better promises. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of old covenant and new covenant. And I love how the uh, principal contributor brings about uh, that's not just oh, throwing away the old and bringing in the new, but yeah. there's a little bit more that goes into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love that because I think this is such an important topic and so many people are kind of wondering, well, the new covenant, so then there's this old covenant, so what does that mean? I mean, are, are, are we new covenant Christians or are we not, Buster? You know, Michael, how about you How about you lead us out on that and <laughs> share with us the need of a new covenant? All right, let's dive in. Let's dive in. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 to 19, Jesus like Melchizedek. And I'm just going to highlight um, and read this passage really briefly. Um, It says, and I'm reading from the NIV, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek. We've talked about him several times, haven't we? The order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it's clear that the Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what has and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of regulation, uh, as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Mm. For you are our priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Uh, and talks about here in the very end, in verse 19, for there is a better hope introduced. And uh, so I kind of paraphrase there at the end, but but this idea that there is more than one priesthood, Ooh, more okay. than one way of understanding the gospel, I guess. Um, not that the gospel itself changes, no. but that it's communicated in different ways, different times, different people. Absolutely. And um, so we're starting out here with all the way back, even before the old the uh, Levitical priesthood, there was another priesthood. So, uh, and I think Paul's getting at, um, and we're just assuming that <laughs> based on previous conversations we had in this, but but we just assume that uh, he's getting at this idea of uh, that there was a new covenant that was inaugurated. That means that there was an old, there was a previous. Right. Um, but the question is, is, does God change how he saves human beings? Yes. Yeah. Well, how okay. we. Well, no, no. So 
So we talked about this. Yeah. The 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 package is always the same. It is yeah. only through Jesus Christ. It's only through, through the Jesus. Blood, so through that never changes. That never changes. But but how that's communicated. Yes. Changes. There we go. And I think that's what you and I are getting after yes. here. And I think that's what this lesson is. This idea of a new covenant. Um, it doesn't mean that God doesn't stop saving people. God's still in the business of saving people. That never changes. But it's communicated in different times, different ways. And, um, and, and that's what's, what's happening. And of course, later on, there's the Levitical priesthood. There's the sacrifice uh, for sin that's represented, symbolized in the sanctuary, um, all of those things. And um, God's not being mean <laughs> to the no. ancient Israelites, right? No. He, he's not. He, he's, he's, and so he's trying to communicate a message of redemption. And so here we have this first kind of switch, if you please, from the Melchizedek priesthood right. to the Levitical priesthood. So you have two different priesthoods. And and and, and here in Hebrews, uh, it's saying that, hey, this is still uh, the same thing. There's a new covenant taking place um, out of uh, the understanding of the old. Um, and that doesn't mean the new replaces the old. It yeah. complements and builds. So that understanding hopefully becomes a little bit uh, clearer. I think that's really what is getting on. And so that brings up this question of of, of new and renewed. Um, how, 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 unpack that for us, Buster. Yeah. And, and so it, it's asking us here to... Uh, compare Hebrews 8, 10 to 12, Deuteronomy 4, uh, 6, 4 through 6, several other verses. I'm going to just read a couple of these here. But it, but the intentionality behind here is what does this teach us about the nature of the new covenant? And so um, as I'm looking at Hebrews uh, 8, 10 to 12, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after the, those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no one shall teach his, bro- his neighbor and none shall teach his brother. Uh, it says here, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to, uh, to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. So I just want to pause here for a second and show that it's moving from the corporate to the individual, right? So he's saying, yes, I'm still looking at you, children of Israel, but now there's no more excuse because I believe this is where the Holy Spirit is now striving with the people to teach them on an individual basis who is responsible because... And this is the the issue that uh, is brought up here in the middle section of this. The issue with the old covenant was that the people broke it. Mm-hmm. And the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so what way could we, uh, God is saying, what way can we still save humanity because they broke the covenant? Mm-hmm. And that is through the blood, the righteousness, through the high priesthood of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see this a little bit more here in Deuteronomy chapter four, uh, 6, 4 through 6. This is the New Living Translation. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Mm-hmm. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And this mm-hmm. is ultimately what God is after. He's saying, I want you. Mm-hmm. This covenant, mm-hmm. this old covenant, If based on the old covenant, all of you are completely lost, right? Yeah. But this new covenant, you have the chance to be saved because of the the things that I have done to mm. intercede on your behalf, yeah. to, to yeah. intervene in order yeah. to save you. And then uh, finishing up here, uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34 is a, a precursor to Hebrews 8, 10 to 12. So I really want to get to Deuteronomy uh, 30, 11 through 14, a new King James version for this is the command, which I command you today. 
Is it not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off? Is It is not in heaven that you should say, who shall ascend for heaven and bring us that we may hear it and do it? So listen to this, verse uh, 14. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Mm-hmm. So this concept isn't old. No. But the contractual agreement mm-hmm. has now changed mm-hmm. as a result that's happening in the new covenant. Uh, so God has always said, trust me and I will take care of you. Mm. And mankind said, no, thanks, God. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. And even now in the new covenant, God is saying, still trust me mm-hmm. and I'll take care of you. Except for now, I'm taking care of you on an individual basis. I'm putting this in your heart. You know right from wrong mm-hmm. based off the merits of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Michael, uh, bring us to the new covenant has a better mediator. Absolutely. Well, we're diving in from Hebrews 7, shifting to Hebrews 8, and we have this uh, concept of a better media- mediator. And I'm not going to read this whole passage that that's highlighted here, but verses 1 and 2 and then verse 6. I'm going to read that quickly. Now, the main point of what we are saying is this. I mean, I think it's pretty emphatic here, right? Right. Uh, we do have such a high priest. Who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord and not by a mere human being. And then verse six, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator and is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promise. Mm. So again, what this is saying is the old covenant, may, maybe instead of it, because I think sometimes people think of it as like sequential, like one is better than the other. And I don't think that's the right way to look at it. Yeah. I think it's more like one points to the other mm-hmm. and, and it's like segues. And and then it's, it's like going through a cave and you see a light at the end, you get yeah. closer and closer, the brighter it gets, the more illuminating it gets. So, so in other words, the new covenant enhances the old, right? I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So it's, it's still, because there's this concept, and we've talked about this before too, of an everlasting covenant. Right. And that's right, what we were talking about before, that, that right. that's the, what never changes. But in terms of God explaining, communicating it, um, and of course, the clearest light of all is going to be in the person of Jesus. Amen. I mean, there's just no other better way to say it. I love that. So new covenant um, is not new as in I bought a new car. And so there I got rid of the old one. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really what some people think. Right. It's not like that at all. It's uh, it's it's ultimately everything is pointing um, a new covenant is is pointing to. Uh, the clearest revelation of Jesus, and that's in the person of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as our priest, um, as our guarantor. Um, he's the one that makes possible salvation. Uh, not us, it's Jesus. And that's the beauty of of what that is. And, and I know there's some more to unpack with that, some promises right. that go along with that beauty in terms of understanding that better. Um, help us out with that. Yeah, uh, you know, as I was looking at this, this is, is asking us to compare these two uh, promises, right? Mm-hmm. So Exodus 24, 1 through 8. I'm going to read just the, this uh, verse 7 and 8. Then he took the book of the covenant mm-hmm. and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So in other words, God, we're, we're, we're going to keep this. We're going to do this. And how did it turn out for them? 
mm-hmm. not so great, right? Because mm-hmm. they failed and failed and failed. And yeah. How does it work out for us? Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to cast the first stone, but I mess up on a daily basis. And right? Me too. Yeah. I need a savior. Mm. And so uh, Hebrews on the on the uh, other end of the spectrum, uh, uh, ten five through uh, five through ten. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but New mm. American Standard Bible. Yeah. It says, therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you've prepared for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and whole burnt offering offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. In other words, mm-hmm. God was not pleased with these offerings and with this, this system that was set in place with the killing of, of lambs, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there had to be provisions made. But listen to this verse uh, nine and 10. Uh, it says, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this we'll have we have been sanctified through the offering and the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's not the people saying we're going to do this. Now it's the people trusting in the sacrifice of what Christ has done. And, and there's another aspect in this, mm-hmm. uh, Michael, yeah, which yeah. is you and I, when we sin, we no longer have to go down to the marketplace, buy a lamb, and slay it. Thank goodness. Right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Because the lamb that was sacrificed is once for all, and that's through the mm. sacrifice of Christ. And so he's establishing this new covenant, uh, this this renewed covenant. Yeah, I, I say, like that. Right? I like that. Re- uh, yeah. And, and so as, as we're moving forward, I'll, I'll look at these two promises and see mm-hmm. one is established with the people, and the other one is establishing in trust in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. And that's what God is after. He wants us to trust him mm-hmm. with everything that we have. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, bring us home with the new covenant has solved the problem of the heart. Two of my favorite Bible verses here. I yes. mean, this is just this incredible. Yes, they are. <laughs> and they hit They hit right at home, right? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and that wasn't a wordle hint either, by the way. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah 31, 33. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their mm. minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they, they will, will be, be my, my people. people. And and this segues nicely with the other passage, Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Oof. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And I just love that because this is getting at what we've talked about also before, you know, in terms of God wants our hearts. Yeah. You know, we can do all these other things and they can be perfectly fine. The great things, in fact. Um, but if we don't do them for the right reasons, if God hasn't captured our heart, uh, then uh, that really uh, is is missing the whole point of what um, what is is. Uh, I think what God wants for uh, each and every one of us, you know. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and and this promise, uh, you know, I, and I don't care about this, you know, the Sabbath. I believe in the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. But if we're not doing it because we love Jesus, we're in love with Jesus and want to spend time with him, um, what are we? What good does it do? Yeah. It can't save us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm really concerned um, that that somehow we've lost sight of Jesus, and if we can just capture back a little bit, a little piece of that, um, that is what Adventism is all about. I, I agree, and you know, Michael's really interesting because yesterday 
for a pastoral ministry class, we went over Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. And I, with the question in tow, which is how do we change our hearts? Because we have a heart problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so everyone's like, well, you know, devotional life and all these different things. But the truth of the matter is we can't change our hearts. Mm -hmm. That God actually gives us a heart transplant. He gives us a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. And then it's our duty to help that heart of flesh to remain flesh by surrendering continuing to uh, continually unto God. And so uh, this hits home even more so for me because I realize there's so many times where that, that stone actually tries to edge itself once again over and I start trusting myself rather than trusting in God. Yeah. And that's what he's asking us to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been working on some, you know, I've been working on some Adventist mission history. Right, so right, I'm, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal one of my own stories that I, I found recently. Um, Share it, please. And, 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 and this comes from 1925, Buster. And, and uh, the missionary's name was L.F. Langford. I wish I knew more about him. I don't know much about him. I know he was from uh, Great Britain. Okay. And he goes to what is today known as Nigeria. And when he's down there, he's really kind of frustrated because he's not really making a lot of headway. It doesn't seem like he's having a lot of converts. And they have to travel from when they get there uh, to Kamasa in Ghana, 200 miles by train and vehicle. Um, and, and so he's out in the, in the bush, we would say, you know, out in the, out in the where this mission station is. And, right. and there's somebody that, that hears about this missionary. So he comes all the way out there and they have, um, and, and the problem is, is that, this guy learns about Jesus and about the faith from reading some literature, and it's, it's a little unclear exactly how, but but this this person travels all the way to this mission station way out in the middle of nowhere, Ooh. and he's gone. It just happens to be the day he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy leaves by the time he gets back, and um, and eventually they are able to uh, meet up and, and have um, a Bible study. Um, and he's and he travels back to this this town, and eventually his family gets sick, and he has to take them to the town. They have to go back to the United Kingdom to get health care, and um, and he's kind of wondering this guy that he just briefly met and eventually baptized. Did this guy actually remain faithful? I mean, and and so this guy eventually two months later he gets a letter from this 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 person okay. that he's able to to have these studies with. And he says, and this is I'm quoting from this letter that I found in the review recently that uh, I'm working on this mission story. Sir, I want you to um, to to write a letter to my people. The chief of my village has died, and they want to make me chief in his place. And the old man's gone. But but sir, I don't want to be chief in that village, for I know it will be impossible for me to be a chief and to be a Christian. And so. Um, and, and and still later, he is kind of following up with this guy. And at the end of, of, of the letter, he says to him, "Is it, and he wondered, will this guy remain faithful? And, and, and he says to him, sir, I do not think you have any need to fear because Jesus has catched my heart. Mm. Jesus has catched my heart. Mm. And I just love that story because I think it goes with this new covenant right. that if Jesus has catched my heart, um, here's this guy that, that, you know, has the opportunity to be chief, turns it down, uh, meets this missionary after all these ups and downs and kind of doesn't work out at first, but eventually they meet up. Um, but he falls in love with Jesus Amen. and the missionary's worried, oh, are, am I actually converting this person? But it's, it's not the missionary converting the people, it's the person falling in love with Jesus. With Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just think that's such a beautiful story. And I just, it's warmed my heart thinking about this mm. other early convert there in Africa who Jesus catched my heart. You know, Michael it immediately brought me to just 
the worldly realm versus the the heavenly realm, which is what chief position are you willing to give up in order for Jesus to catch your heart? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I it, it, that really hits home because our aspirations oftentimes need to be surrendered just as much as our inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so God help us to not be after plaudits and position, but help us to be after surrender. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, puts a wrap for another week. So yes, uh, this is Soup. And Swoops signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.